In 1 Peter, in 1 Peter, if you'll flip over there, I want to read a scripture to you in chapter 2, verse 7. So I don't know exactly how big that rock was that David had in that sling. It might have been more round or it might have been a little smaller or maybe bigger. I don't really know. But the Bible teaches me that Goliath was about nine feet tall. All right? I think that cross is about ten feet tall. So he would have been about a foot shorter than that. And the Bible says that his shield was so huge, he had to have a man walk in front of it carrying it for him. Fantastic job opportunity right there, huh? <laughs> they was covered in armor except right here. A little bit of his forehead, his eyes. So that stone might have been a little smaller. I don't know. Pretty big head. We were talking about that the other day, weren't we? How David, he must have been pretty strong just to carry that big old head back to Saul. But that rock he picked up, he picked up five of them. And I used to preach a sermon that I'd heard an uh, evangelist preach. I've shared it with you before. And I preached it at, at Bible school quite a bit. And that is the five smooth stones. Strong, stone of strength, stone of courage, experience, and skill. But it was the stone of faith that killed Goliath. And it's a good message because really, we don't really know exactly what size it was or anything about it except I know that stream it came out of. And he put it in that sling, and he let it go, and it went through the air. Have y'all ever watched those YouTube videos of these people that know how to do these slings? Y'all ought to Google that. It'll blow your mind. You might think, oh, there's no way that could happen. Let me tell you, there's people even now that can really hit accurately. And David was very skilled, but it took the power of God for that stone to knock Goliath out. Now, the stone did not kill Goliath. That's something you hear a little bit, maybe not quite accurate. The stone did not kill Goliath. The stone knocked him out. David had to kill Goliath. He had to follow through, pulled Goliath's own massive sword, and chop his head off. And that's how Goliath died. And so, when you're a warrior for Christ, now Jesus said, he didn't preach violence, and we don't teach violence, and... We're not going to go around burning down buildings in Jesus' name. And we're not going to go pull down statues in Jesus' name. And we're not going to be dragging people out of their businesses and their cars and beating them with an inch of their life in Jesus' name because we're not criminals. What we're going to do is pray for them, preach the word, lead them to Jesus, baptize them, and welcome them into the family of God. That's what we do. We're going to play some gospel music. We're going to have some revivals. We're going to put on the great passion play. We're going to have church. We're going to teach Sunday school, even though Facebook cuts my lessons off live stream. That happened this morning, by the way. 
when I started talking about the evils of abortion. Cut. Your comment goes against our community standards. And this is where we live right now as Christians. It's hard to get a public platform. So what does the Lord do? He takes the devil's actions and turns them into a massive nationwide public platform for Jesus Christ. You see, it's not up to us to pick up a sword and cut somebody's head off. It's up to us to pray for the Lord to win the battles for us and defeat the enemy. The enemy is not the human being. The enemy is Satan who's causing human beings to do bad things. Now, they can choose or not. Their choice matters in that, right? I mean, they're not victims. When a criminal act has a criminal act, uh, any criminal of any kind, you know, people choose to do that. There might be mental illness or other circumstances. There are all kinds of exceptions. I get all that. But how many believe that we are responsible for our own actions? I am responsible for my own actions. And so I like to remind myself about the battle that David fought. He, was, he couldn't possibly have won without God guiding that stone. Just the right impact, just the right spot, just the right pressure to give David a chance to follow through. Now, I want you to listen to me, young people. The Lord is going to give you a good chance one of these days to really succeed in life and to be influential and lead people to Christ. And if you let that opportunity go by, that giant will get back up and go after somebody else. Think about it. You have to follow through. Here's another way to put it. Uh, our sculptor at the Passion Play, I may have told you this last week, he doesn't have much hair. I can relate to that right now. But he's bald. He's what he says. Opportunity has hair on the front and is bald in the back. If you let it go by, there's nothing to grab onto. I like that. Don't you? I mean, what if David had not followed through? What if David had not done what God sent him there to do? God didn't send him there just to talk to the giant. He sent him there to kill the giant. Now, I'm not promoting violence. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I'm saying that through your prayer and taking a stand publicly for Jesus Christ, you literally can defeat the forces of demonic influence in your life, in your family, in your household. Yes, you can. In Jesus' name. Take a stand. Follow through. Having a conversation recently about... Christians, are we to follow through means we have to set the good example and we have to do what God called us to do. We do it. We've got to. We just have a short time. We just can't let it go by. We can't let that opportunity go by. This life is short. All right? But if, on the other hand, you're a Christian and you set the bad example for your kids... And for people around you, 
then you can have a big negative effect too. We always have to guard against that, don't we? We always have to guard against that. Now in 2 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, talking about Jesus, he says, He is precious unto you that believe He is. Let me ask you, do you believe Jesus is precious? Do you believe that he is the most valuable thing and person? So this message is for you. He says, unto you that believe he is precious. Unto them, but unto them who are disobedient, they think of him as the stone which the builders rejected. Unto him which are unto them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same now is the head of the corner. Okay, quick, y'all look like this way just a second. Now, the way they did their building back then, you if you already know it, just hang with me. They cut the stones. They would drill holes and tap wooden pegs in. They would pour water and the wood would swell and it would crack the stone. And they would keep doing that until they had hewn a stone, as they call it in the old language, you know. We don't say those words much anymore. But they quarried the stone that way. These were no small stones, okay? The cornerstone is no small stone. It's huge. It might even be 20 feet high and 20 feet long. In fact, you can go right now if you tour the Holy Land and you can go under the Temple Mount. There's tunnels and they will take you and show you the foundation stones of the old Temple of Solomon. They're still there. And some of them are 40 feet long and 15 feet tall and I don't even know how wide. I mean, this is no small thing. It's not that little rock there that brought down Goliath. It's a big, massive foundation on which you can rest your life and your eternity and everything that you do in your business and your personal life and your testimony all built on that rock. I'm telling you there's nobody going to move that stone. They couldn't move it. They had to let it roll downhill. You see, the quarry was at the top of the hill. And so they would cut it out, and then they would lay logs, and they would let it roll down the hill. And then they would roll it and inch it in with lots of people all around it. And guys, they were not slaves doing it. These were Hebrews that built these out of love for God. So the cornerstone has to be perfect, has to be square, has to be plumb, because everything else, they didn't have the laser levels and all that. Yeah, they could stretch a string. They could use reeds. But it had to be just right. And I assure you, Jesus Christ is just right. Amen. He is exactly what you need. He is exactly what your children need. He's exactly what I need. They might hang a 40-some foot banner off the statue of Jesus Christ, but they will never stop the church of the living God. He is in control. Now, he doesn't control. Do you think he caused those people to hang that banner? 
No. So yeah, he's in control, but he didn't control that. He allowed it. I don't think he put his stamp of approval on it. I don't believe he put his stamp of approval on it. I don't think that's what it means. When you say God allowed something, it doesn't mean that it went over his desk and he stamped approve on it. It doesn't mean that. God created the human race and he put it in motion and gave us free will and he intervenes from time to time to do what? To work all things together for good for them that are love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And it may not seem good at the moment, but ultimately, eternally, it will be good. He will give you a new body. You'll be made perfect in the image of the perfect stone. The perfect weapon against evil is Jesus Christ. And then the last stone I want to talk about, and I'm going to close. When they lay you to rest, they may put a headstone on your grave. And I heard a preacher illustrate it like this once. It say, Randall Christie, 1964-whatever. We don't know when that's going to happen. We just don't know. You can't know. My next breath is given to me by the Lord. Susie had a wreck with our grandkids in the car this morning on the way to church. They've towed her car off. Nobody was hurt, thank God. We don't know. You need to be ready right with the Lord. Don't reason it out and think, well, I'm this, I'm that. That's not the way. Did you know that Jesus never one time asked somebody to reflect on their life and see if they thought they were a good person? What he did was say, lay down your way and follow my way. Narrow is the way. Straight and narrow. The gate and the way. Following the Lord. Makes sense. The Lord has a straight path. And he wants us right behind him. We'll veer. We'll stray from time to time. He'll help us come back. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And so that stone. The old preacher that I heard tell this a long time ago you've probably heard it it's not about the beginning date and it's not about the ending date it's about that dash what do you do with Jesus in your life you're the only one who can decide to accept Jesus Christ as your rock your foundation, your savior, your defender, your provider to build your house on and never regret it, not one minute. Would you stand with me?